Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that a hundred companies have been the source of more than 70% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions since 1988? Our guest today is the founder of Sustainimate, where he tries to increase transparency on corporate sustainability. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Butter Farouk. Thank you very much, Mariska, for having me today. It's a pleasure and I'm looking forward to speaking with you about my sustainability journey. You're most welcome. So on that note, how did your sustainable journey actually start? Well, uh, I'd say it began all the way back uh, when I was in school. Um, I studied uh, subjects like natural economy and biology. I had Uh, quite a bit of an interest in those kind of subjects. And uh, I was just interested in the natural environment. So that transformed into uh, my undergraduate education, uh, which was here at the American University of Sharjah. I studied environmental science over there. And obviously that incorporated elements of, you know, sustainable development and sustainability in the natural environment. After that, uh, I've been uh, working for approximately 12 years now, primarily based here in the Middle East in uh, aspects of occupational health and safety, uh, employee wellness. I've also done a bit of environmental consulting work. And uh, all of this has now uh, culminated in uh, my recent, I would say, uh, interest and passion for uh, sustainability, especially corporate sustainability. So Sustainimate, is it like a platform or what exactly would you say is that? So Sustainimate is actually, uh, I'd describe it as a personal passion project at this point. I began working on this uh, around just over a year ago. And uh, what I've been doing over here is, uh, you know, I was reviewing the uh, sustainability performance of uh, many companies. I was looking at their uh, especially annual reports and uh, corporate sustainability reports that you often find in PDF format on their websites. I saw that there was quite a wealth of information over there in terms of how these companies were, you know, interacting with their stakeholders, what was their impact on the environment, on, you know, the society they live in, what's their impact on a global level. And uh, I saw or I noticed that there was this disconnect uh, between, you know, this information being communicated to the various stakeholders, whether it's the general public or, you know, just let's say millennials or even people who are potentially impacted by the activities of the company. So what I decided to do was just increase this transparency in the form of, you know, making these short, attractive videos that can be easily shared on social media just to, you know, widen their reach uh, among uh, the public. So that was basically my motivation behind uh, beginning Sustainimate. In the past one year, I've uh, looked at the sustainability performance of around 70 companies and I've produced these uh, 70 short videos that you can find on uh, Sustainimate's platforms. So these platforms are hosted, you know, on different uh, social media sites, such as video sites like YouTube and Vimeo, as well as uh, you have a Sustainimate channel on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, 
and Instagram too. So you can watch these videos there. Oh, well, we'll definitely link that in. So earlier I mentioned that a hundred companies have been the source of more than 70% of the world's greenhouse gases. So you've gone through a lot of these like reports and reviews. What are some of the things that we need to look out for when looking into some of these companies? I think the important thing over here is for being a responsible citizen or being a responsible consumer. It's important for us to evaluate our relationship with that particular company and its product or services. So whether it's a, if let's say if it's a consumer product company, it's important to be aware of the type of products they produce, what is their environmental potential environmental impact, for example, and uh, are we consuming those products? How many of those are we consuming? And what would be the potential impact from, let's say, use of that product, or even if we were to dispose it later on? Yeah, I think that's important from a, you know, a stakeholder point of view. We can also, obviously, uh, people can refer to these sustainable videos to have a better idea of, you know, the sustainability performance of those particular companies, the 70 companies that I've examined. I would uh, encourage uh, your listeners to, you know, do research. There's a, there are a lot of, I think, sources online available now that explain about a company's sustainability performance or how the particular brand is viewed, you know, in the eyes of uh, various stakeholders. So you can have, I think, a pretty decent idea, especially for large companies on how they're uh, performing from a sustainable impact point of view. So also after viewing some of your videos, I became more aware of like positive initiatives that some corporations are actually doing. Is there any particular one that you feel is really doing a fantastic job to give their brand a more sustainable outlook on how they are doing business? I think that's an important question. I would also like to actually caution you and the listeners over here against this term called greenwashing, right? So uh, whereby a company basically uh, uses their uh, communication tools such as their sustainability and annual reports to actually, you know, give a, a more positive spin to what they're actually doing. And, you know, it's, it's I think, important as consumers and as, uh, you know, readers to approach all this information with a bit of a skeptical uh, frame of mind. Uh, having said that, there are certainly companies both here in the UAE and globally that are, I found that they're performing quite well uh, from a sustainability point of view. And, you know, they're having, I think, a pretty decent positive impact on the environment and the people that they interact with. Here in the UAE, uh, from what I found, uh, do telecom, uh, uh, they do quite a bit of work on sustainability. Similarly, the Majid Al Futaim group, from a you know a green building point of view and a, a built environment impact point of view, they're doing quite a quite some impressive work globally. I found that large organizations that have uh, big supply chains that have a more of a global impact, they are doing quite a bit of uh, good work on the sustainability front, especially from a uh, supplier sustainability and, you know, a uh, social impact point of view. So these would be companies like IKEA, Nike, that have these uh, large supply chains uh, globally. It's funny enough that you mention IKEA. I just went to IKEA this week. And one of the things that really kind of touched me is while going through the bedding section, 
I saw some of the bedding that was wrapped in plastic as they've been doing for so many years. And then there was on the other side, there was another like newer collections of bedding. And instead of it being wrapped in plastic, they actually made like a little bag made from the same fabric as the bedding. And it just had like kind of the little label saying what's inside. And, you know, so on that, they've created a reusable item and they've reduced the amount of plastic. So that's just one thing that I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And they've been working together with one of our previous guests on the show, Bia Johnson, as well, on trying to implement a lot more of these initiatives. So that's wonderful that you mentioned them. Yes. And uh, speaking of IKEA, I think I read just very recently that uh, I believe in one country where they're operating, they're trying to pilot a program whereby people can actually return their uh, used uh, furniture. I believe that is uh, probably then recycled or maybe upcycled, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, there's looking into these type of programs too. And I feel that these big organizations are feeling the pressure. They are really getting scrutinized by the public for producing all of these plastic bottles and, you know, all sorts of other single-use items. That brings me to another company that is doing fantastic work, and that is Loop, that has just launched in the US, their pilot program as well as in Paris, where they are actually going to sell products that we would buy in for our kitchen or cleaning products and sell that in reusable containers that you would kind of have the UPS guy deliver it to you once you've finished. You don't even have to rinse the container. You can just put it back in there and the UPS guy will come and pick it up or you drop it off. And that just reduced the amount of waste that people generate. And you are left with paying only for the product that you need. Obviously, there's a one-time deposit for the container, but then you're no longer paying for that single-use product that has to go to the bin every single time. So I think it is very obvious that companies are starting to do it and coming back to the greenwashing as well. So some might just do it to look good, but others are really trying to make a difference. And in the end, they need to listen to their customers because if that's what the customers demand, they either need to make the change or unfortunately, they're not going to make it for the next round. So that brings me to the next question with you've done a lot of reports now. So you've said you've got over 70 videos. What would you say are some of the things that corporations can actually do to improve to be more sustainable? I think for any corporation, it's uh, important to begin with assessing what is their impact from an, let's say, environmental point of view or social point of view. So as part of the reporting process that many of these organizations carry out, especially when they adhere to uh, international reporting standards, such as the Global Reporting Initiative, the GRI, which is a popular one, most of these organizations, they carry out a materiality assessment. So whereby they basically assess that what, what is their impact on the environment and what are the issues or what are the topics from the list of, you know, reporting uh, indicators or list of the comprehensive list of reporting topics, what are the topics that are relevant to them and uh, where can they actually make a difference in terms of their operations. So it's, I think it's important to, you know, do that sort of initial gap assessment and then that 
provides a certain pathway, you know, for an organization to follow in terms of what they can do to be more sustainable, whether it's, uh, you know, looking at employee wellness or, you know, for example, uh, assessing the gender ratio in terms of their employees, whether it's the energy usage that they're carrying out. So, I mean, going back to the popular phrase that, you know, what gets measured can be managed. So I think it's uh, that's where an uh, organization should be, you know, starting their sustainable journey from. Yeah, that's very interesting that you've mentioned the social as well as, you know, the economical. You know, if we look at sustainability in a whole, then that is, you know, you've got your social, economical and environmental. And it's like the one can't go with the other because then it just has this like broken loop. And for a lot of the companies, they are now realizing that people want, for example, pay more for fair trade things. At the moment, we also have or we had the Arabian travel market, I think, ATM. Yeah. And so that was going on this week. And one of the things which I found so interesting is that at the moment, people think that people that want to travel sustainably and, you know, you've got big corporations that think, oh, you know what, these people, like, I'm not sure whether they'd be interested in coming to our green hotel in the Middle East. Like, why? Why would they? And a thing that was really interesting was that these people would typically pay anything between 5 to 50% more just to know that this kind of ticks all the boxes that they stand for. So now you've got people that's willing to pay top dollar for this. And I think now companies are are starting to realize that, okay, cool, we can't just like greenwash our stuff. We actually need to do something because these people ask questions. They ask serious questions a lot of the time. And they would typically pay for that. So if we give them a valuable product that is, you know, worth the top dollar, they will be customers that want to know that, you know, all of our staff is getting fair wages, that, you know, we source only organic and locally produced produce. So when you slowly start looking into all of these things, you can see that the value is for both the company as well as the consumers. So do you find that there's more companies now, especially in this region in the Middle East, that's looking into this now after realizing, listen, there is a gap as well, you know, not just it's costing us thousands, but we can actually make some profit from it as well. I have, yes, certainly uh, noticed that uh, over the years. I would admit that there's a long way to go from a corporate point of view. and uh, But yeah, certainly I have noticed that consumers here in the Middle East, in the UAE, people that I interact with, millennials like myself, they're certainly much more aware of the sustainable or sustainability impact of, uh, you know, the products that they use and the corporations that they're interacting with. I've been reading a lot of uh, research and, you know, articles on this matter to like globally, there seems to be this trend among consumers uh, to, you know, be more cognizant of the environmental and social impact, you know, of uh, the products that they're consuming and the interactions they have with these companies and the services. Okay, so what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? That's an interesting question. Uh, I would say 
the I would actually talk about two lifestyle changes that I've done. One of them is that I live near to my workplace, which is here in Sharjah. And uh, for this reason, I do not drive a car. And uh, I rarely actually drive a car anymore now. And I, I think that has been an important decision, obviously from an environmental point of view, in terms of, you know, reduction of emissions. And, you know, there's obviously the uh, safety aspect to that too, you know, uh, having lesser cars and drivers on the road. Just from a health and wellness point of view, it's done me a world of good. I'd say, you know, the opportunity to walk to work daily and, you know, not having the mental stress of uh, driving on roads and in traffic. So yeah, that's been an important decision. Other than this, I've also, uh, for the past couple of years, just reduced uh, the clothes that uh, I've been purchasing. Actually, I'd say that even extends to other uh, items in my life, like personal, you know, items I've been trying to, you know, uh, consume less, which I think is quite uh, important if, uh, you know, we are to look at, you know, sustainable development from a long-term point of view. That makes totally sense. I mean, so for all your all the listeners that don't really know with Sarja and Dubai, the traffic is insane. So I think that's amazing. I wish there was more people like I, myself and my husband, we only have one car between the two of us. So we've also made that decision to give up one of our cars. So at least, you know, we can still drive somewhere when we need to but we've reduced the amount that we drive by a lot and just try to use public transport or then walk. And it's all of these small little decisions that has a massive, massive impact. The more, the more you do these things, the more you feel like you want to do these things. So that's wonderful. So we are going to move into the final five questions. The first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? I'd like to actually take this opportunity to give a shout out to my friend Colette Louise. Uh, she runs an Instagram account called uh, Save Our World, uh, M-E, and uh, she's active on Instagram. She's a good friend and uh, I think she's doing some really good work, especially here in the UAE in terms of, you know, sustainability. And uh, she basically produces these eco or environmental themed books for children. And I'd encourage your listeners to check her work out. Yes, definitely. I mean, if you guys have not seen her books, I think she's just done the second one. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. It's amazing. So what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? To summarize it, I'd say it is, I hope that people, countries, you know, organizations, they collaborate more on the, especially what I'd like to call the big ticket items uh, from an environmental uh, planetary point of view, such as climate change, uh, plastic waste, cleaning the oceans. Uh, my hope is that more people recognize how serious, you know, the matter is right now, the impact that it's having on the global environment and that they come together to uh, basically, you know, reduce that impact and hopefully reverse it. I'm actually also quite a fan of the idea of what's called long-term capitalism, which I've been uh, reading about recently. Basically, in a nutshell, the idea is that corporates and organizations should take a more long-term uh, view in terms of the impact that they have uh, on the world. And uh, especially from an economic point of view, this is, I think, quite important. I think this modern cycle of, you know, uh, focusing on profits and uh, profit, especially in the short term, that leads to a lot of, I think, waste 
and a lot of uh, it, it it you know leads to obviously a lot of production of products and services and then that in turn uh, leads to you know overconsumption i feel by consumers uh, and the general public so i think it's important for organizations to you know be more cognizant and aware of that and just focus on like look in the long term you know in terms of running an organization i think that's important and what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out mama earth uh my advice would be for just following on from what i was talking about uh, reducing consumption in my life i think i would encourage uh, your uh, crazy birds to you know do the same like you know think deeply about you know purchase decisions uh, even sometimes uh, small items that you may purchase at a grocery store just you know think about what would be the potential impact from let's say the waste produced from uh, that product and yeah just i think as consumers if we collectively start you know thinking in that manner uh, hopefully that will give the impetus to organizations to you know change or make their products more eco-friendly or you know just you know focus on uh, these matters more and what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey a very important fact uh, that we can mention over here and again relating this to the ideas of overconsumption that i was talking about earlier the worldwide fund for nature as well as a couple of other organizations have done a bit of research and come up with the fact that by 2050 it would we would require 3 to 4 planet earths to satisfy the you know consumption patterns current global consumption patterns and also taking into account the ecological footprint that we're having in terms of you know the loss of biodiversity so we're actually going to need 3 to 4 earths to just cater to the amount of uh, impact we're having on the world by wow. 2050 so i think that's a pretty sobering and important uh, fact and you know we should keep that definitely in mind yes. as we go about our daily lives oh wow so that's not just a planet b that's a c d and e <laughs> wow that's a lot and where can people actually find you well i'm uh, happy to you know interact with uh, your crazy birds and you know uh, anyone really thinking of embarking on a sustainable journey or already on one a good place to get in touch with me would be on my linkedin profile my name is uh, badar farooq so you that's b a d a r and f a r o o q you can find me on linkedin and uh, please you know feel free to get in touch with me over there or otherwise uh, you can also interact with me via the sustainimate accounts on uh, the various social media platforms that i mentioned earlier Awesome and we will link that all up for our crazy birds as well in the show notes. So on that note, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's really a pleasure to have you here and to make us think about these reports and to kind of, you know, consume all of these corporate information in a better way and to kind of put up our thinking caps on and to see that you know we don't fall for a lot of greenwashing so thank you for all your work that you are doing you're very well welcome mariska and it's been a pleasure and uh, i uh, you know hope to continue on this journey and i encourage your crazy birds to do the same and that's a wrap thank you so much for listening you can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com follow at designed by mariska on instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com and let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus top tip Thursday every Thursday. 
Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.